Good morning, everyone. How you doing, Luminous? Let me hear you this morning. Man, we lost an hour of sleep, and, and man, I need to hear somebody. I need to hear somebody. Amen. We are here in our house. The Lord is in this place. Amen. By the way, if you are youth or you from middle school to high school, uh, you are now dismissed at this time. We have Ross right here at the bottom uh, to the right, my left. Amen. I got a chance to hang out with Ross. I didn't know he was so cool. Thank you, Ross. You know, hang out with the youth in Midland, Texas. Midland, Texas. Anybody from Midland? All right, come on, somebody, as, as Pastor Ben likes to say. All right. Well, look, good morning to you. If you join us for the first time, welcome, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. If you join us online, thank you for joining us online. I know we have the real Christians in the house, right? When you <laughs> lose an hour of sleep and you come to church, you are committed. Come on. And we're going to talk about commitment today, by the way. But that's just, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but, you know, praise God for that. Amen. And um, we have been blessed the last few weeks, and we're going to be closing out our series in the Song of Solomon. Amen. All right, I get, I get three amens on that. <laughs> Song of Solomon. And uh, it seems like some of us endured it. I don't know. You guys endured it? I don't know. But I've been really encouraged by it over the last few weeks, and I really want to get into this thing. Is, is that okay? Is that okay? I really want to dive in. I got a lot of content, y'all, and I got to break this thing down. I got a lot of content that I want to share with you this morning. But before we start, let us pray. Amen. Uh, Father God, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for your presence. Be here in this place, and, and we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We just pray that you just rest on this service. I pray that the word that goes forth goes forth with power and might, that it will transform the lives of your people today. We bless you now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So kind of the theme that we've been dealing with over the course of a few weeks has been wrapped up um, in, in, a word, in, in a way um, in the first verse, the, I'm sorry, the first chapter of the first verse. And I said before, we're going to dive into this thing. And chapter 1 opens up by saying Solomon's Song of Songs. And he says, not only that, but let me kiss, no, I'm sorry, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. For your love is more delightful than wine. So that is our opening chapter that we've been going over the last few weeks. And, and you know, it, he starts out by saying Solomon's Song of Songs because he's letting you know that these are just not ordinary songs. Right. These are like, you know, the greatest hits. If you have your, you know, your favorite artists in music, you have the greatest hits. Right. You know, I like Earth, Wind and Fire. And, and OK, somebody knows Earth, Wind and Fire. And I don't want to go. There's just certain songs that I just don't want to touch. You know, there are certain jams. I just want to go right to it. So I, I so I just bypass all that. Just bought Earth, Wind and Fire's greatest hits. And I can listen to I could jam all day with that. Right. And that's what, song, that's what Solomon is trying to do. And then he says, you know, the, the rest of let me, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. You know, that's the wise speaking, you know. And, and it opens up by saying this, that Solomon and his character, it has the character to where it's delightful. You know, it's, it, you ever have a person that you just want to be around and they're just so delightful to be around? You know, 
I mean, I, I, when I think about that person, I think about Christian Alms when I first came here. You know, he was just so delightful. And it just seems like he, you know, when Christian comes in the room, everybody knows that Christian is in the room. <laughs> everybody knows. Other than the fact that he's tall and, and everything. But the, the thing is, his, his character, right? So it talks about that a little bit. And then, you know, it talks about pleasing is the fragrance of your perfume. Your name is like perfume poured out. Why wonder the maidens love you, you know? Well, I wonder that other ladies want you, but you know what? You my boo, right? You my boo. And, I mean, I understand that other ladies want you, but that's my man, right? <laughs> let's, let's keep it real. I mean, that's my man. That's my woman. You're not going to touch her. She, she might got a pretty smile, but that's my woman. I'm right, talking about you, Keisha. All right, praise God. I'm, I'm trying to earn some, some points right now. I, I think I'm, I'm rolling. I'm rolling. <laughs> So the book starts out this way, and, and if this is your first time joining us today, I kind of want to recap a little bit of what you missed, and I'm going to breeze through this right quick. So um, chapter one um, and, and sum of two looks at what human attractiveness is or attraction, what does it look like from a biblical standard, right? And it asks the question of what is, um, what, what should I be attractive to? What should, you know, if I want to be attractive you know, what are the things that I need to do? So that's what chapter 2 does. And when, and when we finish chapter 2, Solomon and his wife begin this, this courting relationship. They're dating. And chapter 2 gives us a biblical model of how we should date, right? If you think you can go out into the world and go into the dating sites. Well, the Bible has a way. Amen. Praise God for that, right? And then next, we see them getting married. They have this glorious wedding. They have this big wedding, and everybody's there, all the friends, relatives, in-laws, outlaws, they're all there. Amen? And then after that, we see the honeymoon. Come on, somebody. It's getting, it's getting kind of heated. You know, it was chilly outside, but it got heated, right? And it goes into great detail about that, amen, and and so we got to see a little bit about that. And, and we talked about also godly sex, not just any sex, godly sex, you know, and godly sex. And it's kind of quiet up in here, but as uncomfortable as some of you were, uh, I really do appreciate the word that went forth that day. You know, Solomon could be kind of, kind of, you know, kind of uncomfortable for some. But what I like, and I appreciate Pastor Ben and Pastor Austin, I like the fact that they are so willing to tackle this subject and to tackle this particular book because I, I really feel like that the church needs to reclaim it. You know, it, it really does. And it's in the Bible for a reason. Second Timothy 3 and 16 says that all, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and that is profitable. So if it's in the Bible, what makes you think that, you know, it shouldn't be there, right? So I'm, I'm grateful that they are, you know, uh, uh, have the whole counsel of the Bible that they're teaching out from. You know, they have the whole counsel. And, and he, he gives his word to us, such as, you know, the book of song of, of songs. He gives that to us for our benefit. It's for our benefit. So now that I touched on that, you know, and I added my little two cents. Pastor Ben last week talked about, you know, confronting, uh, con oh, I'm sorry, confrontations or conflict. How to approach confrontation. How to approach uh, conflict in a biblical manner. So prayerfully, you know, we're 
uh, all in good graces, right? We're all in good graces and that everybody is good to go. We're at peace. Nobody's in the doghouse. Amen? All right. So, and this week, what I want to talk about is commitment. This is a more lighter subject, I think. We're going to talk about commitment. And like so many people, um, when I'm in the presence of, um, you know, people who have been married for years, um, I don't care if it's been one year, I really do wonder what, what is making their marriage work. What is the secret? That's the big question. What is the secret to a lasting marriage? And Keisha and I, we've been married for almost 18 years next month, right? 18, 18 years. And, uh, you know, praise God for that. And, and, and people ask us that question every once in a while. And once we hit 20, I'm, I'm expecting to, you know, be asked that question more. But I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's, what's, the, what's the secret to a, a lasting love. And by the time we get to chapter 7 in the book, the married couple, I mean, they, they're now older. They're older in their marriage. They're, they're, they're now in a, you know, their relationship is now being strengthened. And, and now it's, it's genuine. You know, it, it becomes genuine. They're much more mature. So now, you know, when we get to, when it, we're going to go over chapter 7. We're going to go over chapter 7 just a little bit. And then we're going to go into chapter 8. We're going to spend a lot of time there because we have to understand what is the secret to a long-lasting marriage or a long-lasting relationship? What is the secret? And I think we can apply this to many different spheres. We can apply it to marriage, friendship, you know, whether it's with our kids, with whether it's even, you know, a professional relationship. We can all kind of get this model to help us to have a loving relationship that lasts. So if you have your Bibles, chapter 7, you can swipe over um, chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 7, verse 1. And this is Solomon speaking. He says, how beautiful are your sandal feet? <laughs> how, I don't think there's anything beautiful about sandal feet. I mean, can you imagine? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a feet guy, but I, that's probably the less, <laughs> most unattractive you know, thing on a person's body is their feet. I mean, think about in Solomon's day, all the things that feet had to go through. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I just, that's not attractive. But what Solomon is trying to say, he is saying to the readers, you know what? The things that used to be unattractive, now I find them appealing. I've learned to embrace it, and now I am attracted to it. You know? And you know, Keisha cheats. She likes to cheat in board games. She doesn't want to admit it, but she likes to cheat in board games. And I'm very competitive. I'm very competitive. I hate to lose. And it used to be like, man, Keisha would cheat, and all of a sudden I'll get mad, and I'm like, babe, really? You're cheating. But you know what? I've learned she must get it from her dad. But anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she got it from Dr. Lockhart. But, you know, I'm like, man, you know, she cheats. But I learned to love that about her, though. I learned to love how she cheats because she's happy when she cheats. She ha she's happy. I'm just talking about board games now. She's happy. And when she's happy, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm, I, I love it. And I think it's, it's more attractive to me, actually. Believe it or not, it's more attractive. 
And not only that, but you also have to begin to discover new ways to love your spouse. You have to discover new ways to, to love at this particular period of time. Because you know what? I mean, things, people go through things. People, you know, are going through things physically. Man, I picked up like 40 pounds and since I've been married. <laughs> you know, people go through, you know, biological changes. And you have to find new ways to love them. You have to really, you really have to find new ways in order for your love to go to another level, for to a deeper dimension. You have to. You know, I, I just remember um, coming over from California, Joshua, you know, he's going through um, the boxes and everything and looking at the pictures. And he looks at this picture of me and my wife and we just got married and everything like that. And he's laughing. And I'm like, man, what? you know, I, I got to figure out what he, I'm going to threaten him. I'm, this, this is a parenting moment, okay? This is how you, you know, you threaten your child and they will tell you everything. Okay, I'm just playing. You don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, man, you better tell me what you're laughing about. And he's like, dad, dad, you look so cool. And I'm like, I look so cool. I mean, what are you trying to insinuate here? You know? And uh, I'm, I'm a little confused because you're laughing at the picture, but yet you're saying I'm cool. And he says, Dad, you got hair. You got hair, Dad. <laughs> I mean, you're bald. <laughs> you're bald, Dad. <laughs> but I told him, I said, well, I must be the coolest, smoothest, bald-headed man in my wife's eye, in your mom's eye. And I love it. And, and, and she, she really believes that. Amen. The bald-headed man preaching today. So then Solomon continues in saying, your graceful legs are like jewels. The things that no one else sees, I get to see, and I'm appreciative of that. I'm appreciative that I get to see the things that no one else gets to see because it's like the work of an, in the, of an artist's hand. And then the wife responds by saying, come, my beloved, let us go to the countryside. Let us spend the night in the village. Let's go get an Airbnb. Let's go get Airbnb. Let's get away so that we can, an Airbnb that overlooks the Alamo Dome, that overlooks the, 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 the river walk, right? Now let's, let us go out and spend some time together. And the wife continues and says, let us go early. We're in verse 12. Let us go early in the vineyards to see if the vines have, have budded, if their blossoms have opened, if the pomegranates are in bloom, there I give you my love. And they're aware of this time together. They're aware of the season that they're in because they're understanding that, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment to ensuring that the way I love you is not going to stop. It's not going to stop. I'm going to find new ways to love you, even in this season in our lives. Your behavior may change. Some things physically may change, but you know what? I'm still going to love you, and I'm still going to work on this thing. Because you understand that, I, I want you to understand this, that, that relationships, they take work, believe it or not. They take work. For relationships to work, it takes work. It takes work. And you got to create these moments together where everyone is, 
is while everyone is like, man, you know, I have my own agenda. I got my own schedule. I want to do what I want to do. I want to say what I want to say, and I want to do what I want to do. Man, you know what? I'm telling you this much. You know, during these times, these are probably the most precious times that you cannot give back. And you have to make moments for that. And it doesn't talk about, the book doesn't talk about children, it doesn't talk about jobs, but as much as I love my job, I love luminous, I love my, I love what I do as a chaplain and everything like that, there's nothing that I'm going to let separate me and Keisha. That's my first minute. Other than God is top, of course, but second to him is Keisha. And I'm not going to let nothing come between us. I can't. I can't afford it. I got to make her priority. That's my queen. If you look at my cell phone, it says my queen. She has a certain priority in my life. And, and talking about work, I mean, my, my daughter, she's involved with Girl Scouts now. Believe it or not. She's involved with Girl Scouts. And she picked a season, a Girl Scout cookie season. So if you ever been involved in that, you understand where I'm about to go. It is work. I mean, like, real work. And my wife was picking up cookie boxes, and, and we are picking up, you know, um, delivering cookie boxes and cookies, and, and we just got tired. We just, we were done. We were, we were done. We didn't want to look at another cookie box, another wrapper, another order form. We were done. And by the time we were done, we were just like, kids, bye. Mom, Dad, where are you going? No, we don't know. We just going. We just leaving. <laughs> you got our phone number. You you know the you know the, the emergency number. If you want to call us, <laughs> if there's an emergency, you can call us. But other than that, we gone. See you later. Goodbye. Because we're working on us. There are moments where we have to make sure that we're spending time together, that we're making it memorable. Amen. Anybody hear me today? Or oh, I'm preaching to myself. So then we get to chapter 8, verse 5, and it's the brothers that are talking. They're getting together, and they say, who is coming up from the wilderness leaning on her beloved? You know, I, you know when, when God's working through somebody, then all of a sudden, I'm telling you, they, they begin to take notice. They, they begin to take notice, and that's the thing that Keisha and I desire. We desire for God to work in our marriage so that people can be so, so people can be drawn not just to us, but really to God. We want to give him glory. And that's why we have the Holy Spirit that dwells within us because, or the fruit of the Spirit, rather, because the fact that when we have the, the fruit of the Spirit, it's evidence that God is working internally within us. Amen? So that's, so that's, that's the thing. And, and then we go to, you know, where the wife comes back in the same verse, and she says, you know, under the apple tree, I roused you. There your mother conceived you. There she who was in labor gave birth. And there she's, she's basically blessing the very day that Solomon was born. Keisha was born four days before me. Four days in the exact same year. And I blessed that day because it's like, God, you made her for me. You prepared her for me. Wow. You prepared, you, you had her born thousands of miles away only to rob the cradle. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No, no, you didn't rob the cradle. <laughs> you didn't rob the cradle. It's okay. But you prepared her, God, for me. 
what an amazing God that we serve that he did that. And I'm so grateful and I blessed that day. And then in verse 6, she says, place me like a seal over your heart. Place me like a seal. See, when you put a, when the king, he has a signet ring and he presses down on that clay. And what it represents is, it represents that there's a purchase. She, she wants to be purchased. That's what she's saying. I want you to possess me. I want you to possess my heart. And you to possess mine. It's jealousy. And she keeps going. And she's like, man, you know, I'm sorry, not jealousy, but like a, like a seal on your arm for love is as strong as death. Man, death. Till death do what's part. Does that sound familiar? I'm even, even, you know, till death do its part. I want to be with you. I want to, I want to stay on this thing until, until death. Only death can separate us. And then she goes deeper. She said, it's jealousy, unyielding as the grave. It burns like blazing fire, like a mighty flame. And she uses this imagery of, of blazing and fire and mighty flame. She's talking about hell. But not like you think. She's like, you know what? Let me go to hell if I let somebody get in between us. And it used to be that, you know, back in the old, you know, uh, Jewish culture, it used to be that they would cut up an animal and then they would put it on the ground. And then the, the husband and the wife, they would hold arms and they will wrap, I'm sorry, they will wrap their arms or uh, intertwine their arms and they'll walk around this animal. And they will say in such a way, you know, let this happen to me if I ever let anything get in between us. That's how deep it was. Let it happen to me. I believe there's something to be learned from that. And lasting love is permanent. That's what it signifies. It signifies that Love, lasting love, is permanent. And, and I, I don't know how many, you know, if, I, if, if we have any, you know, people who've been divorced or had the heart broken in a relationship. But I just want to let you know and just kind of repeat what we already said back in back the beginning of the series. The past is the past. The past is the past. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new now. And just because you've gone through that experience, it doesn't negate or nullify in any way the promises and principles of God. God's promise is permanent. Just like his love is permanent. God is love. And just because you went through that, it doesn't mean that automatically it's void. He's already said it. It's already proclaimed. It's already gone out throughout all the earth and generation from generation is still over your life. Amen. I mean, I, I want to say that because I, I don't want you to get into a relationship or if you're currently in, you know, in marriage and you've gone through that, I don't want you to hold the other person hostage. And what I mean by that is by saying, you know what? You know, as soon as you mess up, as soon as you misbehave, you know what? I'm gone. I'm out. No, no. God has, has grace. And when you allow him to work in your life, 
when you begin to allow him to transform your life, you're able to also give forth that same grace. After my, after my wife and I, excuse me, got married, um, there was a discussion that, that we had, and it was over the last name, my last name. And my wife was wondering, okay, if I should add your last, you know, I'm going to add your last name, but should I add, you know, my, my maiden name? You know, Lakeisha Simmons, Lakeisha Lockhart Simmons, Lakeisha uh, Lockhart Simmons or Simmons Lockhart with a hyphen, without a hyphen. And I'm just like, man, I, I, I didn't know we were going to have this conversation. This is pretty serious. <laughs> but you know what? I, I really, and I, and I, and I said in, in so many ways, that I really desire you to have my last name. I really believe that, you know, God, I mean, not God, but um, your father walked you down the aisle and really gave you to me. And that, you know what, um, I have your heart. I possess your heart, and, and you have mine. Matter of fact, this ring that I have on my finger, and you have one as well, signifies the fact that, you know what, we belong to each other. And so it really, like, every time she... I see her in her uniform, and she has, you know, um, Simmons across her chest, and she goes to work. Man, I'm, I'm so amazed at it. Uh, it gives me goosebumps because I'm like, man, you know, she, she has my name. Not only she has my name, but she has my heart, and, and I have her heart. And it's just a reminder, like, man, we are together. We are together. There's nothing that's going to separate us. It's permanent. And when we get to chapter 8, verse 7, she says, and this is uh, the wife talking, she says, many words can clench love. Rivers cannot wash it away. If one were to give all the wealth of the house, of his house for love, it would be utterly scorned. No matter what comes up against us, I'm not going to allow the fire to go out in our marriage, in our relationship. If somebody was to offer me a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. I was like, I, I would be like, man, what are you talking about? Ten thousand dollars for your wife? No, no, no. Are you serious? If I offer you ten million dollars for your wife, man, no, man, are you serious? Man, you, all right, we about to fight. We're about to fight. You gonna offer me ten million? Are you are you kidding me? No, I'm gonna offer you ten billion dollars for your wife. You know what? I'm gonna go make a. We're gonna make it happen at two o'clock. I'm just playing. No, we're not gonna make it happen at two o'clock. No, our love is priceless, y'all. Our love is priceless. You can't put a dollar amount on our love. There's no way that I can give my wife up because she's permanent. Lasting love is is also persevering. And I know we go through storms. If you've been married long enough, you've been through some storms. You've been married a year. You had a little bit of an argument. That's not a storm, y'all. That's not a storm. You know, you, you, your storms, I'm telling you, you, when you, when you go through, see, love is persevering. See, when you go through love and, I mean, go through storms and things of that nature, that's not the time to separate. That's the time to get together. That's the time to get tight. That's the time to say, you know what, we're going to buckle down. That's the time that we're going we're gonna to burrow in and, and you know what, I'm, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to, you know, this is, this is about commitment. Commitment says, that, you know what, that, that I'm willing to be with you until even, even if the wheels fall off, I'm going to be with you. 
even if the will is fall, I'm going to be your ride or die until the, even past the will is falling off. I'm going to make sure that we are staying together. And then they say, we have a little sister. These are the brothers. They're like, we have a, a little sister, and her breasts are, are not yet grown. What shall we do for our sister on the day she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build a tower of silver on her. If she is a door, we will enclose her with panels of silver. What does that mean? Well, the dad wasn't present. So somehow, and we don't know, scholars don't know, but Somehow the brothers got involved. And they say if she is a wall, that means she has high moral standards. She makes sound decisions. And if that's the case, then the day that someone wants to marry her, then we're going to bless her with silver. We're going to bless her with some, some money. But if she is a door, if she is allowing someone to, to continue to just go in and out of her life, then we're going to have to be like cedar, like panels of cedar to guard her. And I believe that this can translate into many different contexts. Because we need people in our life to guard us, to help us stay together, help us, you know, make sure that we are fulfilling God's purpose so that we don't fall. So the brothers are there. And I like the response from her. She says that, you know, she says that I'm a wall. My breasts are like towers. Lasting love is protective. Lasting love is protective. And that's what her brothers are doing. But she says here, she says that, you know what, in verse 10, she says, I'm a wall. And my breasts are like towers. Thus I have become in his eyes like one bringing contentment. And what she is saying there is like, you know what? She's making a declaration. She says, you know what? I'm not a door. I'm a wall. I have high moral standards. And because of that, you know what? Solomon doesn't have to worry about anything because I'm bringing him peace. That's what contentment is. It is peace. Solomon doesn't have to worry about me skipping town, going to mess around. He, 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 no, he doesn't have to worry about that because my moral standards are so high that I bring him peace. The last thing I want to say is that lasting love is peaceful. Lasting love is peaceful. And what makes, makes it peaceful, at least for Keisha and I, is the fact that we have decided to allow God to work in our lives. We have decided to put God first ahead of ourselves and allow him to work things out, disagreements or anything. He, we allow him to work it out. And as a result, that brings us peace. It really does. It brings us peace. So in closing... I want you to understand this. The, the key to learning what we have gone through or the key that we've, the key to what we have learned throughout the entire weeks, the four weeks that we've been on this series, 
is a fact of learning that, you know, when we allow God to work in our lives the way that he does, it makes it easier to enjoy life. It makes it easier to enjoy life. And the takeaway from the book, here's the takeaway. Love is not a feeling. It may have its feelings, definitely. But let's be honest. Love is a choice. Love is a choice that really that we make every single day. I love the way that um, Colossians 3 and 14 says. It says, um, and over all these virtues, or above everything, put on love. Put on love. Love is not going to force itself upon you. See, God is love, and he doesn't force himself upon you, if you notice. But we have to make the conscious decision to allow, to put on God, to put on love. We got to make that every single day. Wherever relationship that you're in, we have to make it every single day to put on that love. And with it comes that grace and that mercy and that peace. Can you imagine if you're walking beside God and, and you have his presence on you? People not only want to be around you, but man, you're, a, you're, a, you're giving them that peace. You're giving them that love that they need to make it through the next day. And I love it. And I think one of my desires for the day really is just for, you know, couples, maybe after this, maybe it's your, it's your, um, you know, maybe it's your, your children. And maybe they've gotten some bad grades or something. I know it's spring break, but maybe they've gotten some bad grades that you didn't, you didn't want. I think that's an opportunity right there to express your love for them. Hug them and just say, you know, what, we're going to walk this thing together. If you're a couple, maybe you're saying, you know what, um, I'm sorry that I offended you. And I, just, I really do ask that you forgive me. Can we start over again? Let's start this thing fresh. Let's get this thing on track and allow God to work this out. Being loved gives you the capacity to love. Being loved gives you that capacity to love other people because you realize that, man, God loved you first. That's what 1 John 4, 19 says. It says, God first loved us. That's the reason why we love. Only because he loved us first. So as I close today, I just want you to, to really keep that in mind. How am I going to put on God's love this week? How am I going to show that? How am I going to reflect that to others? Reflect on how God was able to love you on the cross. The place you should have been. He loved you first by putting his son on the cross in place of you. Let us pray today. God, we love you. God, we love you so much because, God, you loved us first, God. Despite all we've done, all that we may have said or the things that have been just contrary to you, Lord. God, we understand that it was not pleasing. We understand, Lord, that it was not attractive to you. 
But God, your love is persevering. What you did on the cross was permanent. It erases every sin. There is no sin that it cannot, your blood cannot erase. God. So we thank you right now. And we, we right now, Lord God, just allow your love to be placed on us. We make the conscious decision to love not just ourselves, Lord God, but to love others so that others may be attracted to you and drawn to you so that, God, that you will receive the glory and the honor and the adoration that is due to your name and you work in their lives. We bless you and we honor you. We thank you today. We love you forever, Jesus. In Jesus' name.